Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Coger Center Arts Roundup. So our special guest this week is none other than Sims Oliphant. Hello. How are you, Sims? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing better now that I'm here. I think the one thing that you're here to talk about more than anything else, I, I know you work with us at the Coger Center for the Arts on a daily basis, but not only are you at the Coger Center for the Arts, you're also a part of the Columbia Museum of Art Contemporaries. I am, yes. So yes. tell us... Who are these contemporaries and what do they do? Uh, so the contemporaries is an affin- what they call an affinity group of the museum. There's three of us. We are one of them. And we um, basically are a membership group of the museums that is geared towards sort of young professionals, um, a little bit of a younger audience. Um, and what we do is we host events, fundraisers for the museums, um, for the museum, not plural, museum, Columbia Museum of Art. Um, and we also, um, we throw events, um, as fundraisers, but mainly we're a membership group that you can buy a membership of at the museum. Um, and you get discounts into their exhibitions, to any of their special events. Um, we also hold what we call 101 events for the community where you can come in, um, and for example, take curated tours of the galleries, um, different sort of. Um, any sort of events that we can program around the museum to get community members in. Um, So we really are just the Young Professionals Affinity Group of the Columbia Museum of Art. So do you have to be invited to be a contemporary, or is it open to anyone who says, that sounds like me, I should like to do that? Yes, no, it is open to anyone. Um, You can buy a membership through the Columbia Museum of Art. Um, I'm on the board of the contemporaries, which is um, sort of, you know, one of those invited positions. However, the just to be a regular member of the Contemporaries that is open to the community. We are always trying to get new members to come and join us. Um, so it is open, open to all. Why would someone want to do this? Right. So not not join the Contemporaries, but why would want someone want to be on the board, Sims? So it sounds to me like a lot of work. Like why why do people join boards? Well, I think it's a, it's a mixture of a lot of different things. I think you're um, something that you're passionate about. Um, like I'm passionate about the arts in Columbia. Obviously, work for the Coger Center and um, have been involved in that way. And I think that they grabbed a hold of me because of that. But I think it is just sort of a mixture of being passionate about the organization that you want to serve, believing in their mission. Um, also, I feel like it's a great way to meet people who also have like-minded interests, like yourself. Um, and it really is fun. It's fun to work together to put together these events. Um, you meet a lot of people. You sort of discover new things about organizations that you might have grown up around or are, if you're new to town, didn't know much about. Um, so I think it's just a mixture of a lot of different things. And I think that the benefits outweigh the hard work, especially when you see one of these events come together or something that you've all been working on together, um, really gain traction and you see people enjoying whatever you've put together or attending any sort of um, events that you put together for the museum. So I think it's just a mixture of different things. So you're obviously on the Contemporaries Board and not on the Museums Board, but yes. w- what do you think the difference is as being a part of the Contemporaries and driving that part of the organization and being on the actual Museum Board? I- I've never really been on a board. Sometimes I get asked to do things like, will you come to a couple of meetings? But uh, I've never been on a board, so I don't really know what uh, what I would be in for were I to do that. Yeah, I think we 
as a board, yes, we are very different to the actual um, Museum of Art board, which I think that their main task really at the heart of it is um, fundraising and sort of gaining the support, community support to keep the museum going, um, to program the different exhibits that they want to bring in, because, you know, obviously all of that takes resources, time, and funding resources. So I think that is really their um, main focus as a part of the the um, museum board and also just as sort of community ambassadors to let everybody know what they have coming. I think that we just tap into a little bit of a different sector of the community than they do, just sort of um, the audience of tomorrow. I know at the Coger Center we talk a lot about the audience of tomorrow, how we need to get people in the building now because they'll grow into our primary audience later. Um, but I think that's really our sort of task is tapping into that portion of the community that might not, you know, be um, the people that are going to be on the actual museum board now, but might be later sort of active supporters, active people who can be cheerleaders throughout the community. And I think it's just sort of getting those um, younger audience in, um, whether it's through a fun event or a gallery tour, just a little bit uh more accessible to people my age and younger. Do you have an understanding of what the makeup of the guests at the museum are like? I, I don't know that much about the museum. I mean, I, I, I'm a member of the museum. Um, I go sometimes. Um, I feel like I'm always surprised that there are as many people there as there are, but at the same time, sort of surprised that there aren't more people. Um, uh, and w- who who attends our local museums? Like, do, do you know? Do, is that part of... Uh, when, when you say that the contemporaries, the, one of the goals of the contemporaries is to help find a new audience, um, particularly younger people who are just starting a career and turn them into, um, you know museum enthusiasts for the rest of their lives. Um, I'm sort of assuming that maybe the average person who comes is older. I think so. But there's a lot of family activity that the museum, on the radio program every week we talk a lot about uh, here are things that you can do with your family. Um, so they really seem to be marketing to families. Um, do, do you all talk about who, you know, who you're trying to reach out to particularly? Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, there's been active conversation with us, with the Columbia Museum of Art, with museums throughout the world and the nation about um, sort of the perception of a traditional art museum and what you think about when you go to a gallery. You know, I think that traditionally when you think about going to a gallery, you think about being super quiet, sort of tiptoeing around, not talking, really sort of intellectually reading the um, the. Um, message beside the piece and really just kind of being this sort of uh, intimidating experience that a lot of people don't really feel like they identify with. You Security know, that's, cards telling you to right, not get so close. Right, exactly. Don't get so close. You know, everything is sort of, there's a little bit of a barrier between you and the art. And I think that is what people are, uh, and the Museum of Art I know here in town, um, us, throughout the nation, um, and really throughout the world is trying to change that perception of sort of a stuffy place where you can't really relax, you can't engage with the art, you can't interact with the people that you bring. So I think we've talked about a lot about how we can diversify the audience as well, um, tap into, um, because, you know, as a community, we are hugely diverse 
And I don't know if you were to walk into a traditional art gallery that you would necessarily see that reflected in who's in there right now. I know that um, it's definitely getting a little bit more um, trending towards being a little bit more accessible to those community members, but I think that we always can do more. So I think whatever we can do to sort of reach people who don't traditionally come into art museums, I think that really... And it, it helps with the events to program some fun event in the museum or outside of the museum because I think the first step, and we talk about it at the Cougar Center all the time, is just getting people in the door. So if you can say, okay, we'll come to the Hamptons on Hampton. That was a, an event that we did last year, and it was like a white party on Boyd Plaza out at the museum. It was called the Hamptons on Hampton, you know, play on the, the Hamptons in New it. York, but it was on Hampton Street. Um, so that really was a party. It didn't have a total focus on the art specifically, but that was a way that we could get people who just wanted to come to a party and didn't necessarily think that they're going to be going into the gallery to the museum. And I know that they have the galleries open during these events. Obviously you can't take your drinks or food in, but you kind of put it down, walk around, see the art. And that's like a really good way to entice people that might be intimidated on just a Monday or a Tuesday to just go on their lunch break and walk around the museum by themselves. It's really just sort of these events are a way to try to reach those people that wouldn't normally just drop everything and come into the museum on a Sunday afternoon, but they might want to go to a party and then they realize, oh, well, you know, I like wandering around the exhibit and and chatting about it with my friends. Um, And I also know that they've been programming exhibitions that are not necessarily so traditional viewing of art, like the uh, pop art exhibition they had before the Van Gogh, where it was really interactive. You could bring your kids, you could touch the art, you could crawl through the art. Um, So just trying to convey the message that art is not necessarily just something to be viewed, but experienced. And I know that Boyd Plaza has been really helpful with that, too, in terms of um, programming a lot of family events out there. They have interactive sculptures for children to play with and um, I know that these events are a really helpful way to try to reach new audiences and let people know that it's not that traditional stuffy museum experience like after this Van Gogh exhibition I think it's um, the guitarist of Metallica has a really extensive collection of horror movie um, posters and pair of, uh, and uh, like like sculptures and just uh, set pieces, props, and things that have been used in different horror movies. Um, his name is Kurt, and uh, his last name is escaping me right now. Maybe you can help me with that. Um, but he's coming. I think he, I know he's coming to the opening party, and that's the next exhibition. So it's it's funny to see, and it's really interesting to see that they had a traditional artist like Van Gogh, who everybody knows, and that's going to be followed with. Um, an exhibition of horror movie artifacts. So it's just, it's a whole different side of the spectrum, but I think that also shows that it's just, you know, not your traditional view of what happens in an art museum. Uh, So I think it's Kirk Hammett. Yeah, Kirk. Kirk Kirk Hammett. And he, so he's coming here to Little Columbia to, to talk about his poster collection. I do like the fact that they are taking... Uh, sideways view, my term, not theirs, uh, at art in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the way they took the Van Gogh and made it not just your normal exhibit. I, in many ways, it looked just like a normal exhibit. Mm-hmm. But because it, uh, when you think Van Gogh, you think I'm going to go and I'm going to see four, six, eight, twelve, ninety-five Van Goghs on a wall, and then you're going to walk out. But it was much more of a teaching art history moment 
and because when you're, I guess you're Columbia, South Carolina, um, or I, maybe this went other places as well, I don't know, uh, you're not getting two dozen Van Goghs. I'm, th- that's just an astronomical sum of arts to ensure, to have moving around the country, that to not being shown other places. So they took a relatively modest number of, of works and created a whole exhibit about it that was interesting, fascinating, and maybe m- more entertaining, more interesting in my mind than if you've just got, you know, 20 Van Goghs. Right. I think that they've put a, a really big emphasis on pro- programming thematically rather than chronologically. Yes. So more about the theme of the exhibit rather than, okay, here started Van Gogh. This is his first painting. You know, he moved into this style and then he, um, you know, developed into this type of painting and then he moved here. And so the paintings, they, and especially the Van Gogh exhibit, they did not go chronologically. They were more about theme. And then they, I love how they incorporated the different artists that were also working alongside him at the time not necessarily where he was working, but some American artists from all over the world and kind of compared how they inspired him, um, how they worked together. And it also was just more about the themes in his work rather than just, you know, a general sort of this is Van Gogh's life and here it is and here's the timeline and everything that goes along with that. The Bo- I th- also want to just comment on Boyd Plaza. I do feel like Boyd Plaza, uh, when they started to make the changes, I-, I will admit I thought, boy, that seems just, you know, seems like a little bit of a waste. Like, why why are we taking uh, this time and money to just renovate a outdoor plaza? And and then partially in my mind I thought, well, it was nice they used to have the ice skating there, but now they don't. And, boy, but it really has become an outdoor space for for the museum, right? They have a lot of outdoor programming, which means that when you're walking up and down Main Street, first Thursday activities, that kind of stuff, you they really do a good job of sucking you in. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, that's like an outward arm into Main Street almost. I think that the barrier of doors um, means a lot more to people than you really think about. The actual act of going in somewhere to open a door into somewhere, just that just adds a whole other level of sort of a barrier to access. So I feel like having Boyd, Boyd Plaza and all of the events that they have out there, that's almost like their outward push into everything that's happening on Main Street. So you just walk by and see it or you hear about it. Um, it's a little bit more open. And um, I agree with everything that's going on on Main Street, like First Thursday, all the restaurants, bars, um, movie theaters, all the new attractions that are happening there. I think that that's a really nice way to sort of solidify their place as really a centerpiece of Main Street. And it's also a great place for a party. It is. It's a really fun place for a party. The gala, I almost called it the Met Gala just now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we'll take it. Whatever you want to call it, especially the Met Gala. (laughs) <laughs> we will take it. So I was going to say the regular Met Gala. The I regular you've been attending Met Galas oh. and such in New York, so it'll be I, just the same. I only wish. Um, the regular CMA, uh, Columbia Museum of Art Gala, is uh, in a couple of months um, and is quite the good time had by all. Um, yes, so yes. So can, can you tell us about the Contemporaries Gala? Because yeah. I the thing that I felt like from last year's uh, CMA gala was it was so much fun to there was music inside 
Um, there was food, there was drinking, there was dancing, and then you could also wander around the galleries, and maybe I know that usually they discourage you from wandering around the galleries with your drink in your hand, but somehow on that evening they seemed to not care. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was really a lot of fun. What it really is at its heart is a fundraiser for the Museum of Art so that they can continue to program and bring in artists and continue to do the great work that they're doing throughout the community. So it's a big party that gives back to the museum, um, and we're really excited. Uh, That's fantastic. And uh, the regular uh, CMA... Gala fundraiser is. Uh, do you know the date? It's. I, I don't think know. In I think March. it's in March or April. Right. So it's a couple months after. So us. it's it's long enough after that you can come to both. Yes. Um. So it it should be a ton of fun. Uh. And the fundraiser, this fundraiser, even though it's the Contemporaries Gala, it is to raise money for the art museum itself. Yes. Yes. Art museum itself. That's where the funds go. Is there anything else you think people would like to know about the Contemporaries? Yeah, I I think that it's just a really good intro, a way to, if you're interested in art, if you're interested in the Columbia Museum of Art, it's a really great sort of gateway to become involved with the museum, just to take that first step in joining. Um, a lot of our events that we program are about sort of introducing you to different facet of, facets of the museum, whether it be the rotating exhibitions, the permanent collection, um, the educational events that happen outdoors. Um, it really is just a nice introductory gateway to getting to know the museum, but also getting to know other people with your same interests and your same age throughout the community. Like I've met a lot of people who I didn't know, some that I did know just through friends of friends that have become much closer with um, through some you know shared interests of what we do. So I think it's just a great way to really just become more involved with art if you so choose and then also just with the community itself well uh what else do you do sims when you're not uh you know giving your time generously to the contemporaries board yes i live at the coger center (laughs) i work at the coger center for the arts um with nate and i'm the development community relations coordinator so i do a little bit of education some outreach. Um, I work a lot with local groups coming to the performances, some fundraising, so a little bit of everything. Um, and I have a really good time doing it. And we're in the middle of Wicked, so everybody come, buy your tickets. Still I, plenty um, of performances. There's plenty of performances of Wicked still. I, one of the things I do think is pretty cool is I will just say that the OneColumbiaSC.com website. The One Columbia is our local nonprofit dedicated to really amplifying the arts in Columbia. They have this really cool thing on their website, which is the public art list. So if you see a cool piece of public art, say like Blue Skies, uh, chain on Main Street or just down uh, the large fire hydrant or say the statue in Boyd Plaza, you can say, I wonder what that's all about and you can look it up. So I just thought I would share since we're talking about the Columbia Museum of Art so much um, that uh, there's the fountain there with that big uh, steel, I'm assuming it's steel, metal, big metal statue uh, and that's called Apollo's Cascade. 
Uh, it is located within the Keenan Fountain on Boyd Plaza. It was created by artist Rodney Carroll, who resides in Baltimore. It is reported that much of Carroll's work is inspired by energy, which is which he identified about his own work by watching a hurricane hit the outer banks of North Carolina. So I guess that experience, which has to be um, nerve-wracking, invigorating all at the same time of riding through a hurricane, has... Uh, reflected in some of these works. Uh, the larger elements in the sculptures, often resembling wave-like curls, are his flexible landscapes. He also incorporates more slender rods or beams and sees them as energetic forces cutting through his forms like a storm pushing around sand on a beach. The direction of the energy will change the way these sculptures turn and twist and interact. He has over 80 pieces of public art well, out there. Wow, amazing. So yeah. now you can, when you come to the contemporaries, you can, uh, Gala, as you walk by Boyd Plaza to enter, you can be like, oh, it's Apollo's Cascade. Yes, and now that you said that, <laughs> it just reminded me of one of our main functions that we do for the museum. We also, this, fun, this uh, fundraising that we do, um, not every year, but every other year or every other other year goes towards acquiring a new piece of art for the museum. So that Chihuly sculpture that you see hanging in the museum when you walk in, that very impressive red Chihuly was um, acquired by the funds, um, the contemporaries fundraised for that, I believe, back in 2006 or 2007. Um, and so every other year or so, we um, do give our fundraising efforts. It goes towards acquiring a new piece of art for the museum. That's very cool. I do like the fact that we are uh, blurring the lines in Columbia a little bit with the fact uh, that art is art. Yes. Uh, that we're not trying to sort of pigeonhole ourselves anymore. Um, the art museum has a lot of live music, live events, uh, things going on that aren't hanging on the walls. Yeah. And the Coker Center for the Arts has... Uh, a lot of art on its walls, not just things happening on the stage. And then it it doesn't stop there. I do love the fact that the museum is open seven days a week. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're like most people and work during the day, during the weekdays, it is open on Saturday and on Sunday, which is super helpful. Uh, Sundays, they have a gallery tour at 10 a.m., and this time, uh, it's a behind-the-collection tour, so you get a glimpse into the story behind the art, the science that it takes to create materials. They talk about the lives of the artists, uh, the thinking that leads the museum to want to acquire a, that piece. Uh, they talk about the care that's involved in keeping the pieces from degrading over time. Uh, so it's kind of a hows and whys of art, and not just talking about... Th- what you see on a canvas or see in a sculpture, but how it got created, why it got created, why it's important, why somebody wanted to buy it, what does it mean now that it's in the building? Uh, you know, it needs to be. Does it need to be dusted? Does it uh, need to be temperature controlled? You know, d- if it's a sculpture, the, how do you keep it from you know safe? Uh, all of those things are really fascinating to me. So the art museum is more than just a fun party. Mm-hmm. And uh, it takes more than just a couple of employees to keep the art museum going. It takes oh, yeah. a whole board of people and a whole second board of people <laughs> and contemporaries. So uh, thank you for joining us, Sims. Thank you. Thank you for having me. The 
Hoger Center Arts Roundup is produced in part by Garnet Media Group, the student media partnership at the University of South Carolina. Information about tickets and upcoming events can be found at cogercenterforthearts.com, the official website for Coger Center tickets. For more information about Garnet Media Group, visit garnetmedia.org. Thank you.